Hello again, everyone. Cracker of a day, isn't it? Nice and hot. If anyone uh, near the fans wants to turn their fan up, uh, please do. I think they're all on two or one, so feel free to turn them up and uh, I'll wave your outline at you. It doubles as the Bible readings and also a tool to keep yourself cool. So, um, But let's get into this great little part of God's Word. Let's pray. God, our Father, we thank you so much for giving us living words, words that challenge us, words that teach us about the salvation offered in the Lord Jesus. And we pray now that you'd help us to wrestle with them despite the heat and that we would come to a better understanding of who you are and what you've done for us. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm really interested and fascinated by old sayings. Old sayings and where they come from. You know those phrases that, through some quirk of history, they've become part of our normal everyday language. Phrases like, just bite the bullet. Wow, the saying means, just accept and endure the difficult thing that you're experiencing. But where does the saying come from? Well, the saying comes from the battlefield. It comes from a time when, during battle, there isn't time to have anesthesia. And so, uh, surgeons need to give their patients a bullet to bite down on so that they can take their mind off the pain of being cut open. Okay, what about another saying? Go the whole nine yards. This is another gruesome one. It means, try your best. You all know that. But... Where does it come from? It comes from the fact that in World War II, fighter planes had an ammunition chain of nine yards. And so to go the whole nine yards was to unload all of your ammo onto your enemy. Lots of these sayings strangely come from war and are a little bit disturbing. But it's really interesting, right? These sayings somehow become part of our regular everyday language. And lots of them we just take as trustworthy sayings. We say, when someone says, just bite the bullet to us, we say, yeah, of course, I should do that. That's trustworthy. But there are some sayings that just are not trustworthy. And this is one that I think is relevant due to Christmas. Oh, not that one. (laughs) You know the saying, it's the thought that counts. It's not the thought that counts, is it? It's the present that counts, right? Or at least it's the effort you put into the present. If you just think about a great present and then do nothing about it, That doesn't really count. I don't think it counts. Our culture has lots and lots of sayings. Some trustworthy and helpful, but others not so much. Some you can can use to guard your life, and some you can toss away and do without them. But in the passage we just read, a man named Paul gave us a saying that he calls trustworthy. He says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And it's this saying of Paul that we're going to focus on tonight because this saying, if it is true, if it is trustworthy, it cannot be ignored. It must be considered. All must listen and respond to it one way or another. So let's spend some time thinking about this saying and what it means and see if it's trustworthy. One of the ways you can figure out whether a saying is trustworthy is to find out where it comes from. So where does this saying come from? Who said it? 
Well, the passage that it comes from in the Bible is there. You can see it on your outline. It's from the book of 1 Timothy. And if you're looking in a Bible and you look at the beginning of that book, you see it's a letter. It's a letter from the Apostle Paul to a man named Timothy. So, the Apostle Paul, who is that? Well, he was one of the great missionaries of the early church. He traveled around the Mediterranean teaching people about Jesus, leading churches, planting them, and encouraging people to follow Jesus. And so this letter is from Paul, but it's to a man named Timothy, a young leader of the church who has been mentored by Paul. So Paul writes to him to say, keep going. Keep going what you're doing, leading this church, teaching people about Jesus. He's encouraging him to do so. So this saying, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It's written by Paul. But we have to ask the question, well, is this man, Paul, trustworthy? Why should we trust what he says over anyone else? And there's lots of reasons that we could talk about to say why Paul is trustworthy. But here's two big reasons. First of all, Paul met Jesus. Paul was alive at the time of Jesus. Paul would have heard Jesus speak, even seen him with his own eyes. And as well as that, we can see in the book of Acts that after Jesus died and after he rose from the dead, he appeared to Paul. And so Paul is an eyewitness of Jesus as he was on the road to Damascus. Now, the second reason why Paul is trustworthy is because of what he went on to do after that. Paul dedicated his life to teaching people about Jesus. We know that someone who's dedicated to the field that they're professionals in, that they're reliable, don't we? The people who really dedicate themselves. Well, Paul dedicated his life to traveling around the Mediterranean, speaking to anyone and everyone about Jesus. He devoted his life to it. He poured out his life so that more people would hear about Jesus. And it came at great personal cost to him. In the book of Acts, we see Paul persecuted and violently attacked time and time again, simply because he was talking about Jesus. And tradition says that finally he was beheaded for his faith. Why would someone go to that length if they did not think what they were saying was trustworthy, they wouldn't. Paul was convinced Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So now, let's get into this trustworthy saying of Paul. Let's think about what it means. We're going to look at it in two bits, so let's have a look at the first bit. You have a look on your outline, verse 15. This saying is trustworthy and, f- and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world. The first f- part of Paul's trustworthy saying is that Jesus, the man who lived and walked the land of Israel 2,000 years ago, he came into the world. And what does it mean that Jesus came into the world? Where did he come from? Does it simply mean that he was born And he came into the world from the womb. Often we say that, don't we? When a baby's born, we say, welcome to the world, little guy. Well, we know that Jesus was born. He was born of a woman named Mary. But this is not what Paul is talking about. No, instead, 
the message of the Bible and what Paul is saying here is that Jesus came into the world from heaven. Jesus came into the world from heaven. Paul is saying here, Jesus is more than a baby. Jesus is God who has taken on human flesh. God who is spirit has become human and walks among us. Did you see it before when we read Matthew's account of Jesus' birth? Have a look there at verse 22. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant, that's Mary, and give birth to a son, that's Jesus, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. What this is saying is, Jesus, the man born of Mary, is in fact God. He is God with us, God in the flesh. Just stop and think about that for a moment. The all-powerful creator of the universe, the one who made everything simply by speaking, he decides to set up shop here. He has decided to take on humanity, to step into his creation and walk with us by becoming one of us. Stop and let that sink in. Because if what Paul is saying here is trustworthy, that Jesus came into the world, if it's true, then it cannot be ignored. God coming into the world is not something you can easily ignore. But amazing as that, as amazing as that is, that God is with us, it is not the whole story. There's more to Paul's trustworthy saying. Have a look again at verse 15. Jesus came into the world. Why? To save sinners. That's the reason that God decided to become a man. Why did God leave his throne in heaven? To save sinners. That's why he humbled himself in this way. That sounds nice, but what does it mean? What are sinners and what does it mean for Jesus to save them? Well, let's start with that first question. What are sinners? Well, the answer is you and me. The answer is the person next to you. The answer is your family and friends and your co-workers. All of them are what the Bible calls sinners. A sinner, someone who sins, someone who ignores and rejects and turns away from God. And the Bible is clear that all have sinned. All people are sinners. Listen to Romans 3. Here's what it says. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. Today, our society has this inherent belief that people are good. Or at least 90% of the population are good. Someone said that to me this week. They said 90% of people are good. Only a small percentage of people are murderers and the like. But God's assessment of this world is completely different. When the God who created the universe 
and everything in it. When the one who made everything and every human being looks out on the world that he made, what does he see? In his eyes, he sees millions of people who do not seek him. Millions who do not recognize that he is their God who made them and loves them and provides for them. This is what God calls sinners. Those whose attitudes and actions are in total rebellion against him. Those who ignore and turn away from the one who made them and provides for them. Now you might be thinking that this is not the most pleasant thing to talk about at Christmas time. The fact that God sees us all as sinners and that we are all deserving of his judgment because of it. And you'd be partly right. Sin is never a pleasant thing to talk about. It is never enjoyable. But the message of Christmas is that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. At the very heart of Christmas is the fact God is doing something about sin. He is saving sinners who are in need. But how does Jesus do it? Well, Jesus, he's the one person, the only one who had never sinned. The one person who was truly good, who truly did seek God, who lived in perfect worship to him. He is the one who was not a sinner. And because he wasn't a sinner, he could pay the price for sinners like us. How does Jesus save sinners? He takes on our sin and God's punishment and anger as he dies on the cross 30 years-ish after this Christmas story. Friends, this is the wonder of the gospel, the good news of Christmas, that God became man. He came into the world, and as good as that is, he came for the purpose of saving sinners. He came to live the life that we could not live and to die the death that we deserved in our place. And so now, the good news of the Bible, the gospel, is that anyone who turns to Jesus in faith and repentance, who turns away from sin and turns to him, is forgiven and graciously given eternal life. This is the wonderful, trustworthy saying that Paul is talking about. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. But then Paul goes on to talk about something else. He adds something to his trustworthy saying. Have a look at it there at verse 15 again. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. Here Paul makes a bold statement. He says, I consider myself to be the worst of all sinners. Of all the sinners who have ever lived, I'm the best one. The one who does it the best. Why does he say this? Why does he, what makes him say that he is the worst of sinners? Well, verse 13 tells us, Paul says, I was one who was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an arrogant man. 
Paul says, I was the one speaking evil against Jesus. I was the one who was persecuting Christians, having them arrested, having them put in prison, casting my vote for them to be murdered. That was me. Before Paul was the great Christian missionary, he was the great Christian persecutor. But God took hold of his life. He met Jesus and Jesus saved him and forgave him and changed him. And this shows us that no one is too far gone for Jesus to save. No one is unforgivable, unchangeable by God. The message of Christmas, this trustworthy saying, Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It's not just for people who have it together. In fact, it's for the opposite. It's for sinners. It's for people like Paul, the worst of sinners, who violently persecuted Christians. So whether you think you're pretty good, or whether you think you are someone with deep regrets in life, whether you think you're not a sinner at all, or whether you think you are the worst of sinners, this trustworthy saying is for you. Because Jesus came into the world to save any and all sinners. Christ Jesus came into the world to save you. You and me and the person sitting next to you and the Apostle Paul too. This is the trustworthy saying that is the message of Christmas. Christ Jesus, God himself, came into the world to save sinners He came to live the life that we could not live and die the death that we deserved. And if this saying is true, if it is really trustworthy, which I do, I think it's trustworthy, I know many of you do, if it is, it cannot be ignored. You can't dismiss this saying as irrelevant or untrue without seriously considering it. It demands a response from every single one of us. So I want to ask you tonight, what will you do with this trustworthy saying? Will you give it the response it deserves, as verse 15 says, to trust it and to fully accept it? This Christmas, will you put your trust in these words and in Jesus who came to save people from their sin? that's something that you want to do then there's two things that you should do the first is to pray you want to tell jesus i trust in you to save me from my sin and you can do that in the quietness of your own heart now or later on today and secondly you want to talk to someone about it you want to grab the christian friend that brought you or me or john or someone and tell them i want to Give my life to the Lord Jesus. And you want to ask them to pray for you. But if you're here and you're not sure, you're ready to do that, if you're not yet sure that this saying is trustworthy, then we would love to sit down with you and think about that. On your feedback slip, which is attached to your sermon outline there, you can tick if you want to continue investigating who Jesus is and if he is trustworthy. You can fill it out and you can tick, I'm interested in finding more about Christianity. Or you can tick, I would like to be contacted about the next Christianity Explained course. 
We run these courses that explain who Jesus is, why he matters, what Christianity is about. And it would be our joy to sit down with you, to read the Bible, for you to ask any questions you want to ask so that you can see that this trustworthy saying is really trustworthy. But to finish off, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you believe this statement to be true, if you have accepted it, then the only right response is giving thanks to Jesus, the one who came into the world to save you. The only right response is giving all honor and glory to God for what he has done through Jesus. It's to do what we've already sung about tonight, to come and worship Christ, the Lord. And you can see it there in the example of Paul. Let's have a look at this just before we finish. Have a look at verse 12. Paul says, I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because he had mercy on me. He poured out his grace on me. He saved and forgave and changed me. And then in verse 17, we see Paul burst out into praise to God because of this amazing miracle. And so I want to do something a little bit different and finish by praying these words together if we are convicted that they are true and trustworthy. So if you believe this statement, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, I want you to join me in praying these words together out loud as we praise God. Let's pray together. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.